Welcome to Space to Grow, the podcast where we explore how the spaces we inhabit shape us as individuals. I am your host, Natasha Rocca Devine, an interior designer and author with a passion for helping clients create functional, beautiful spaces which will support their personal growth and well being. In each episode of my series, I will be speaking with a guest who has a unique perspective on how the spaces they have lived in have impacted their lives. From childhood homes to offices, apartments to gardens, we'll be deep diving into ways in which the spaces around us shape who we are and who we become. Today, I'm thrilled to have Joe Linehan, a sustainable lifestyle journalist on the show, recent host of Ideal Home Show, where we connected editor of Climate at the Sunday Times Ireland, sustainability columnist at Irish Country Magazine and founder of Gaff Interiors Official. Joe writes extensively on sustainability from travel and fashion to beauty and wellness to interiors. Joe is an advocate for sustainable living and completing her master's in management for sustainable development, along with supporting other brands and causes. Today, Joe will share her experiences with the spaces she's inhabited throughout her life. So let's dive in and discover the stories behind the spaces that have helped her grow into the person she is today. So what was your childhood home like in Cork and how has it influenced the spaces that you've created for yourself today? So my childhood home in Cork was very rural. I grew up in Mallow, which is a commuter town outside of Cork, very much in the countryside, in a little small estate. And the house itself, I think the best way to describe it is very modest. Like my parents, you know, didn't have loads of money, but what they had, they really valued. And what they did have a lot of was creativity and time. So their garden is honestly one of the most magical places in the world. They, The two of them do it together. They're such a great team. Dad is super practical. Mom has like the creative vision and they've just cultivated this beautiful garden and this really gorgeous home filled with books. And I guess for me, now that I'm in a place where I have like my own rented space, I really come back to the values that they instilled in me, which were, you know, making sure that everything you bring into your home is something you love and has meaning and there's intention behind it and making sure that whatever you have, you love it for as long as possible. Like my parents no, never throw out anything. Everything has Aww. a fourth, fifth, sixth use. And now I've come back to that. Um, it's such a loving home, just like a very cozy, safe space to to be in, which is what I try to do in my own space. I want when people come in to feel very comfortable, very at home, even if it's not their space. So yeah, they gave me a lot really to work with. Aww. So what's the most transformative space you've ever inhabited and what makes it so impactful for you? I've had the pleasure and the privilege to be in so many amazing spaces over the years because obviously I worked in magazines for a long time. So I got to travel and be in all these fabulous hotels and, and different locations. But actually, I think the one that really transformed me personally and how I felt about interiors and about spaces was when I moved to Dublin first. I couldn't wait to move to Dublin. I grew up in a small town. There was no concerts, no art. Like there was just no where to put your creative energy. So when I finally moved to Dublin, I was so excited. And I started going out with a guy and the relationship didn't last. But his family home was somewhere that we would spend you know, time, time in. Yeah. We'd have breakfast, dinner. And this house was somewhere I had never, ever been in before. It was uh, not, not a huge, but like a nice sized city period home on the south side of Dublin City. It was filled with modern art. It was open plan. It had like the most beautiful curated garden. Oh, sounds His mum had amazing taste. Very, very low key, but it just was like, you know, something you'd see in a magazine. Yeah. And I had never 
been in a place like that. And I didn't think that those are, you know, spaces that people lived in. And it completely changed how I thought about interiors and how a space could make you feel and how you could use design to really elevate your living experience. How do you create sustainable spaces that feel like home, even when you're far away from the people that you love? You know, that word sustainability is being bandied around so much now. And Mm. I think it has a very different meaning to different people. Yeah, definitely. And so it's kind of hard to, to pinpoint. But I think for me, sustainability is about being centered, being present, you know, investing in things that you're going to have for a long time, making sure that the things that you bring into your space, which let's be honest, your your home space and your living space is very sacred. We all have such busy lives. Um, for me, when I'm, when I'm at home or when I'm creating a space, I want it to feel like somewhere where I feel, you know, at peace, protected, and that it's somewhere that has a lot of intention. So for me, that means considering what materials I bring into a space, you know, lots of natural materials, um, as many plants as possible. Um, And I guess there's two sides of it. I I think a lot about, you know, the longevity of, you know, what I bring into a space, but also the health implications. And that's a really exciting part of the sustainability conversation that's happening now. It's like we, we have the data that shows that when you live a more environmentally friendly life, your health and your happiness actually Definitely. benefit. 100%. Less clutter, less stuff. Um, so that that's what I try to do. So as an advocate for sustainable living, how do you create this in your own home and how can other people do the same? I think one of the first steps is thrifting and buying pre-loved. And that's obviously what my platform Gaff Shop does. But there are so many incredible secondhand pre-loved, call them whatever you want, pieces out there. Uh, Really, we're trying to move away from buying anything brand new, you know, Pretty much everything you want is out there. Someone has it sitting in their home or they have it in a garage or it's in a a flea market or it's in a charity shop. So starting there and looking for pieces that are already in existence, that have a lot of character and that just need a little bit of love. So that's always a great place to start. I guess as well for me, it comes back to the health and the functionality. Our homes have so many different functions. They need to do so many different things for us. So for me, bringing it back to a very, very basic starting point of, you know, what are the, you know, cleaning products I'm using in my home? So I want to use natural cleaning products. It's really important for air quality. We spend so much time in our homes. I, you know, I work, I work out, I do everything at home. It's my home office. So avoiding things like, you know, candles with paraffins, any synthetics, going for soy wax, using essential oils to fragrance your home, if that's important to you, bringing a lot of planting. Um, I love, there's a great Irish company called The Crate. They do a sustainable flower delivery of uh, in-season flowers packaged in recyclable packaging, bringing those into your home. And then I love any kind of natural materials. So whether it's, you know, linen, bed linen, moving away from, again, polyester, we just know that's not good for us to sleep on. Looking at lots of really great wools for throws, natural cottons, just really coming back to things that have had as little interference or as little um, added to them as possible. I think that really benefits how you feel in a space, how you function in a space and ultimately what it looks like. I just love a very, you know, minimalist, clean, natural palette. Like that's totally my vibe. So you're obviously very calm and you're extremely busy, but how would... um, I don't know about that, but I'm glad that's the vibe I give. Yeah, well, you're great at sharing that. Um, But how would others create a sense of calm in their surroundings, you know, within bearing in mind the sustainability? Like you've mentioned the candles and things like that. Is that what you do at home? Yeah, Yeah, I think it really starts, first of all, with coming back to what I always say, which is like, you know, what do you need in a space? And anything that you don't need or anything that you've maybe gathered 
It might be time to rehome or to pass on to somebody else. I'm really just starting with Rehome sounds so lovely. Yeah, and that's what it is, yeah, you know. I, yeah, yeah instead really of, nice. I think we've all been in this kind of mindset for years in the way that I was, which was, you know, you buy something, you use it and then you throw it out. And what I've really learned through everything that I've, I've done in sustainability and in my studies and in my work is that that should be the last thing on the list. Like, can you donate it? Can you pass it on? Can you recycle it responsibly? Can you repurpose it? Can you upcycle it? Throwing something away should be a last, last, last resort when something is really, really at the end of its life cycle. Um, and very, very few things need to be thrown away. Almost everything can can find a second or third or fourth life. So creating that space and then really deciding how it needs to function for you. And from there, just adding exactly what you need. And if you do want something, you know, lovely like a candle or a fragrance or, you know, something special, just making sure that it's really good quality. And when I say that, I don't mean that you have to spend an arm and a leg. I think a lot of people think... Yeah, when you want they to assume li- that. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They think, oh, yeah, you know, I want to be sustainable. It's going to be so much more expensive. And that's not the case. In most cases... Being more sustainable means, you know, seeing what you have and loving it in a new way or giving it another opportunity or repurposing it or investing in something that might be a little bit more of a payment up front, but actually cost per where you're going to have it for years as opposed to a couple of months and having to to change it. Yeah, because I worked with Lucy Haggerty from Labuji and during this um, lockdown and like we created a sustainability candle and I remember I paid extra to get a graphic designer to design the glass so it could be repurposed for plants, Amazing. pens and stuff. So it was not a cheap candle but actually the glass and the candle itself would have lasted years. You know that way? So, I love that. you know, like you say, the upfront cost. So sometimes it seems kind of expensive there and then but actually can last forever and it's it's a decorative object. So It is and it's yeah. one of my favourite candles that I, because I do love a, a, a really bougie le bougie candle yeah, yeah. some of my favourite uh, like cocktail glasses are old candle glasses that I've kept there's yeah, always a great a, idea yeah, yeah I think when you, you're so right when you invest in something like that you get so much more than just the initial product there's so many other uses for it which I think is so it's just making people think myself included outside the box on that totally. and looking at things in a different way so the other thing when it comes to your own home, which I love to talk about and tell people about, and obviously it's, you know, it's so prevalent at the moment. We're all trying to watch our bills, our energy costs. There are so many easy ways to reduce your energy use in your home. Things that, you know, I've only learned over the last couple of years. First of all, you're all of your lighting. And if you are someone who's into, you know, mood setting and, and having a space that functions in lots of different ways, you probably have floor lamps, table lamps, overhead la- lighting. Swapping from generic bulbs to LED is an absolute game changer. Yes, game changer. Absolutely. I, I actually worked out if you swap it, you can save about seven euro per bulb in your home by switching to LED per year, which is a huge cost saver. And what I love is that like LEDs used to be so ugly and unattractive and actually LEDs are stunning now. You can get yeah. Edison LEDs, you can get, you know, any type. Yeah, they're pretty much. Beautiful. Yeah, yeah which I'm sure you know. So that's a massive thing. The second thing is that, you know, even when we have things plugged in, if you're not using them, they're on standby and they are slowly draining energy. So plug things out, switch things off properly. That's a massive one. And then I think it just comes down to being conscious and choosing your times. You know, there's obviously the peak time of between five and seven, which is super inconvenient because that's when we're all at home making dinner. But can you set your washing machine to come on earlier? Can you invest in a slow cooker to cook your meals, which will take a lot of the the weight out of an energy bill? So doing things like that, obviously water saving is really important as well. We're all being asked to watch our water, especially this time of the year. So even shortening your shower by like 30 seconds has a huge impact. All those things really, really add up. And they might sound small and insignificant, 
But I think when you get into the habit of it and you start to see the little incremental benefits, it's a game changer. Particularly for people with large families or, you know, people totally. like renting a space, people sharing bills and things like that. Definitely, 100%. It all adds up. And that can be difficult because you no know, one wants to be the person in the family who's like running around, switching off the immersion like my dad was. But it does add up. And there's a reason why, you know, we grew up with that kind of mentality. It's like just lowering waste and really coming at things with being conscious and just being present and just making sure that you are thinking about what, what yeah, you spend your best. time on. Like you totally. said, and sometimes it's like if you're extremely busy, it's not as simple. But if and when you can, you know, for people who kind of find it overwhelming just like as you said little changes that they can Absolutely. add whatever that is they can do but also if you're if you're saving money you can use it to buy more pre-love stuff I mean that's <laughs> how you get people yeah. in is the money saving because it's so difficult to change our habits but yeah, if you can absolutely. tell people that, that there's going to be a benefit that's like the that's sometimes the boost that people need to get involved definitely so speaking of gaff interiors you created this originally with Caroline Foran how did this idea come about for you both oh gaff is my baby it was <laughs> our baby together so I met Caroline when I worked at Image Magazine and we just became fast friends and we had such a like-minded spirit when it came to just publishing and writing and, you know, making sure that people had practical advice that would help them in their lives. Uh, I ended up moving to New York for a little bit. And when I came back, Caroline had just bought her first home. I was back renting and I'd been really inspired in New York by this kind of thrifting lifestyle. And, you know, you'd be walking down the street and someone would have left this like beautiful sofa on the sidewalk saying, yeah. you know, free to go to home. America's like, amazing. Yeah, yeah I was like, why don't Irish people, like it just didn't exist here. So when I came back, I was trying to think of, you know, ways to incorporate that. And Caroline was very much stuck when it came to designing her, her home. She, you know, she didn't have a lot of money. It was their first property. And she was just like, where do we go for like practical advice for normal people? Because yes. working in publishing, it's all very exciting designer homes, very expensive furniture. But we were coming at it from a very much a renter personality and and a first time buyer. Mm -hmm. So we started Gaff, honestly, to answer our own questions. Like, how do you that's put a wallpaper? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's how do you paint a wall? Like, where do you get good testers? Like, who are the experts we can plug into? So we started a website and started writing articles. and Which I love. <laughs> oh, honestly, thank you so much. It honestly took off. People were yeah. like, yes, how do I get on the, the property ladder? Like, how do I apply for a mortgage? So we did all of that kind of content for years. Worked with a lot of brands, which was amazing. But we both started to feel around 2019 that, you know, I was getting very much into sustainability. Caroline was looking to invest in things that would really last a long time in her home. And we started to move away from this kind of fast interiors, kind of quick fi fix, trendy stuff into more like, you know, investment, sustainable things. And we both talked about how there's just so much stuff. And I came back to that idea of the flea market. I was like, you know, why can't we create a community where people can buy and sell their interior pieces in a safe space, you know, for free and really generate that circular economy and bring the flea market or that kind of free sofa on the sidewalk vibe online and use our community. Because at that stage, we had about 35,000 followers and people who we engaged with a lot. So we created a gaff shop. And that's exactly what it is. You know, it's unlike other kind of online platforms where you can buy and sell stuff. It's just interiors. I approve every item that comes onto the site. Make sure the pictures are good. The, you know, the condition is correct. You connect with different buyers and sellers and it just has just generated this whole community. Honestly, it is one of the joys of my life to see stuff come in and approve it, see it go live and then have someone come back to me and say, you know, that was my granny's table and it broke Aww. my heart to get rid of it, but we're moving and it doesn't fit. And I've 
I've sold to someone who, you know, is really excited and loves oh. the backstory. And that's what's happened. So Caroline finished uh, up with Gaff last year. She had a little boy. Oh, and so she, cute. I know, I know he's gorgeous, Caelan. Yeah. And she is a best-selling author, best you know, number one podcast. She has so much going on. So we still talk about Gaff all the time and it really is our baby together, but I'm, I'm running it myself and it's just honestly, like I say, like my baby. Well done. And, and speaking of podcasts and making changes, your podcast Futurist is out. So tell us more about that. So that really started from, again, kind of like Gaff, it started from a place where I was like really interested in sustainability and starting to look into fast fashion and looking into beauty and wondering, you know, where this stuff was made and was it tested on animals? I just had so many questions. And as someone who had gone through life consuming a lot as a fashion writer and a fashion editor, you know, I got so much stuff sent to me and it just was in this very much consume and throw away mindset. And when I started to move away from that, I really felt like, like you said, where do I start? Where do I find information on this? I felt like it was such a a difficult area to even try and extrapolate information because it's so complex. So I started the podcast and really started to invite experts on in different fields, whether that was in clean beauty or sustainable fashion, uh, to just ask them the questions that I had. And it was amazing. I learned so much and people are so, you know, open to talk about these topics because a lot of these topics are still really new and it really empowered me, helped me to get a little bit more on board, showed me where to get more information from. Um, and it's been, it's been such a brilliant journey to go on and I've interviewed so many amazing people and it really gave me hope. I think sometimes when we talk about climate change, the climate crisis, pollution, it's such a a difficult, sad topic and you can feel really hopeless and that's just not my approach in life. I think we have to be optimistic. We have to stay focused on solutions and everything on the podcast is positive, solution-based and hopefully when everyone listens to uh, an episode, they come away thinking, okay, this is one small thing that I can do to do in my life. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. exactly. It is all about small changes and I think that's, you're building bridges and kind of closing gaps and I think people get so overwhelmed with sustainability they do you're like you're right it's kind of handed around and people get so overwhelmed totally and people have very very busy lives and when you say to them make this sustainable swap or think about it people are like no I, I honestly don't have the headspace yeah, absolutely so making it digestible and just giving people food for thought is like the first really important step so what's the biggest challenge you face in sustainable living and how have you overcome it I think the biggest challenge for me has just been figuring out what choices to make. You know, when yeah, I started back a few years absolutely. ago, I was like, you know, how do I know what a brand is using in their beauty? How do I know if it's tested on animals or yeah. whether someone's being pay- paid fairly? It was like, it took hours of research. And even at the end of the research, you'd still be like, you don't I know don't, for certain unless there's know. kind of stamps on things or exactly. labeling. Thankfully, now we're at a stage where a lot of the brands are doing the heavy lifting for us. Yesterday, I spent some time going through like a lot of amazing mainstream beauty brands who now have sustainable lines, clean beauty lines. And like they've done the hard work. They've got the certification. They have have all the the stats to prove that they're doing what they say they do. You've got people like Brown Thomas, Arnott, Zalando who have filtering systems. So you can go onto their websites and you can click sustainability edit. And they'll literally do all of the work for you and tell you these jeans are low water use. This t-shirt has been made with ethical workforce. This, you know, um, serum is made with locally sourced ingredients and, you know, it comes in recyclable packaging. So a lot of that hard work has been done and it's a great time for anyone to start making swaps because you don't have to do the trawling that unfortunately I had to do a few years ago. It's, it's a totally different space now, which is so exciting. 
And it's only going to, I think, become the norm, isn't it? You can see a lot of brands, even design brands that I work with, they have that kind of sustainability footprint on their website. I think it's nearly imperative that they do in order for people to keep buying there. You know, 100%. They really want to. And I think it, hopefully the way things are going, I really do think that we're going to get to a stage where people won't need to say, oh, this is like a clean beauty brand or this is like a sustainably made, you know, dress. I think we'll get to a stage, hopefully, where that'll just be the norm and that that'll be the standard and anything below that just won't be accepted. I know you're absolutely hugely inspirational and you work really hard at this, but other people might still find all of this really challenging. What would that your advice be for those people? Oh, and listen, I get it. I know I'm sitting here and like I, I, it is my whole life's work and it's a passion. So it's, it's not difficult for me to make these changes and look into this stuff and read and study. Like I love doing it, but you're so right. For most people are like, change is awful. Like, am I going to have to like give up everything I love and wear a burlap sack and like, you know, and even if you did, you'd, you'd look right in it. Even if you did. <laughs> but like, that is the reaction. And like, I think the most important thing to take away is that I thought the same, you know, I was really into my fashion and I loved shopping and I loved traveling and everything. And I thought like, oh God, like when I start looking into this now, am I going to have to completely change my personality and change everything I do? And the lesson that I learned is that that is just not the case. Like I have so much more meaning in my, like I love all of my clothes now because I know, you know, where I got them from or they have a story or I know who made You're them. You're like Maria Kondo. You know, they, she said you have to love, you have to feel love with all each piece, isn't it? it I think is. something like that. You have I to really, really get and that. It, it affects all your energy and then how you live your life. And if you wake up every day and take things out that you really like. Oh, it's yeah. such a different thing. And yeah. you really have to, for me, especially with the fashion stuff, I really had to confront myself in terms of like, what is my style? Because when you're buying something every two days off the high street, you don't have a sense of style. You're just buying what's on the shelf. Yeah. So I had to figure out what was my style when it came to my skin. I'd always had such bad skin issues and I had to strip everything back and just, you know, look at the products, what was in them, what, what were the benefits? And now my skincare routine every day is honestly my like little moment of peace, no matter what's going on. So all those things that I just did without thinking and that brought me very little joy have now flipped and they're things that I just absolutely love doing. And I love to travel. I offset my flights. Like there's ways that you can do it in a more mindful way. You do not need to become, you know, a hermit or a recluse or anything. You can still live. Or spend lots full, of money, which we, or I spend think are really worried about. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. I think money you know, is like, a huge factor. I think especially when it comes to like, I love designer and I could never afford it. But now I do. Instead of buying eight tops My mom from always Zara. says this, yeah. She she said, always buy your core stable piece. And she did modeling. So she always was in and out of lots of different outfits. And she said, actually, her wardrobe was always just 10 key pieces. And then that. you rotate that. Yeah, she's yeah. very into staples. And with things like, you know, Shop at Ella or the Real Real or oh, Vestor Collective, yeah. you can buy literally, like they're, they're secondhand, but they, most of the time they haven't come out of the box and they're, they're great quality. It's a completely different shopping and lifestyle experience when you start to make the change. And honestly, if anyone's like even a little bit tempted, just try it with the next few purchases that, that, that you have to make. And I honestly feel like you'll you'll really notice the difference. I can relate in a very indirect way, but I was working in LA and I got the pleasure to work with Al Gore and the Climate Reality Project. And I was in Iowa at his training and I was working with his kind of his foundation, but I had to take part in the training. So I got Climate Reality Leader Certificate. So I wear my little badge every day. I'm joking. <laughs> you should. <laughs> oh my God, if I'd done that with Al, I'd be telling But everyone. I actually sat there in the audience and I was fascinated because it, like when someone, it's not only what he was saying, like all of these kind of, the way they say that things aren't shown on the news, like all of these stories of all these national um, tragedies and disasters that none of I never knew of, particularly because it was in America or South America. Um, but 
just the training just taught me really simple ways to bring it back. Like you said, I felt overwhelmed for a day or two. And then I said, well, every time I go and design a project or buy clothes, I always check. It's like, it's kind of like an inner checklist of myself. I say, is it sustainable? So actually by going to that, I didn't necessarily need to travel the world and become a climate reality leader, which would be amazing, by the way. And I actually just bring it back to my day to day life, just being kind of mindful, like you say. And I think that's what you're showing people through your work and through all of your studies and obviously Al Gore. Oh, well, listen, I think that that story is amazing. And I love that because by you going and even though you're overwhelmed, thinking like, what can I apply? You're now applying that to your room designs. And I've no doubt that by doing that, your clients are probably like, yeah. okay, maybe all the, you, the filtering down of that is so amazing. And I love to hear that you think like, how how long ago was that? Like, it's still something that you think about and, and yeah, it's, it's forever. Amazing. It's kind of like I can't un, unlearn it on here. You know, yeah. when, when Al speaks, you just can't not hear <laughs> I it. actually was mesmerized by it, but like it was such a sad, he was sharing such sad news and statistics, but actually like it just imprinted on me. And now I have a daughter. I'm like, I want her to have, and all children and everybody obviously, but particularly for my child, I want her to have the happiest future and the healthiest future. So, um, you know, obviously you love um, kind of simplicity and nature. How do you bring nature into your living spaces and what would you see the benefits of that, you know, bringing that into your home? Because that's what sustainability is. It's not just a lot of new things. It's actually plants and nature and light and simplicity, isn't it really? Just to bring it all back together. This is so funny because I was sitting down watching TV with my boyfriend in my class night and he just turned to me and he was like, it's like an actual jungle in here. He was like, I can't even see our little dog bed is like by the window (laughs) and there are so many plants in the room and I think I've just stopped seeing them but he was like we need to like maybe move them into other rooms so lots of plants is the answer <laughs> and I wish that I had my mom and dad's green fingers I don't maybe after the masters I'll be able to look at the garden but that's definitely not it so I think for me it's like I love plants I love flowers and all those natural materials and I think just having a gorgeous window like I look out onto the trees in like the front of the garden and I'm a renter so I can't do a whole lot with the space but Mm. there you know there was big heavy curtains when I moved into that space and it's a beautiful old period home and I just took them down and that's one of my favorite moments in the day is just sitting watching the sunset looking at the trees seeing how the trees you know all of that people I think kind of get mistaken by what it is so like as you said it brings it back to the kind of mindfulness side as well yeah just really simple just pairing things back and it and it comes down to as well like what you're able to do like I said but I think when you're renting you're very limited when you own a space it's amazing to be able to you know plant loads of wildflower seeds and let that go crazy but it really comes down to what your preference is it doesn't matter if it's like you bring in a teeny tiny little cactus and keeping that alive yeah. or whether you're someone who can just you know dedicate half an acre to growing your own veg it literally comes down to whatever you can do in whatever way that looks right for you and also budget as well you know yeah. as you said you can kind of tailor it to where you're at totally at different times um, so you live with your boyfriend Mike and your dog Harley it's a rescue yeah, dog gorgeous oh, gorgeous and best. you're both really into health and fitness and obviously sustainability um, as a couple do you have the same design style obviously you're a plant lover maybe <laughs> yeah. Mike on a more different more smaller scale loves well, plants I, I didn't know that he wasn't but now I know that no well, maybe he loves them just in a more tailored back way yeah I might need to, to do some clippings uh, you know what I'm going to be totally honest I have no idea what Mike's style is because he is so good when we moved into that rented space he was like go nuts do whatever you need to do I just put my stamp over everything he's just happy the only thing that he wanted was a really really comfy couch and we got that thankfully Um, but I think he's got like quite like very I guess same as me minimalist simple he likes not a lot of clutter but after that it's 
totally like my own stamp on things. But honestly, again, when you're renting this so little, you can yeah, do Yeah, you want to keep it. Yeah, yeah, we simple. keep it nice and simple. I have like a gorgeous couple of like big rugs, lots of books. I've started to print out lots of photographs. That was something that I never did. And it's lovely just to have like those personal touches. Um, Very, very low key. I would say the two of us are for sure. So we're going to do a quick fire round at Go the for end. It. I'm ready. Okay, you ready? I'm ready. Okay, number one, what's your favourite space? My favourite space is my living room in my rented home. It's, like I said, it's a period property. I think it was from, built in the 1920s and it's a very old part of North Dublin. It has these double height ceilings. It's very old, very rickety, but I have all those plants, like I mentioned, and a lovely old bookcase. And when I sit on that sofa in the evening, when all of my work is done and I'm maybe having dinner and relaxing and I look out, the sunsets there. In the winter, I can see the stars, the moon, loads of trees. Please it's just, come, come. Oh, please do. It's honestly like <laughs> it a magical. Amazing. Yeah. And I think I, you know, I've rented in Dublin my whole life and I've always had to share with people. So this felt like the first space that was kind of mine and that I could actually put my stamp on and I feel so safe in there it's where I do my Pilates in the morning it's where I chill with Harley and it's just such a gorgeous space sounds amazing so the travel space that you love the most that'll have to be New York although Copenhagen is like a second runner-up now I've, I've been to Copenhagen a few times and again a city that just runs on greenness, goodness, like they have so much low impact and sustainability built into everything they do. But I just love New York. I have such great memories there. I get so much energy from the city. Yeah, it's a really amazing it's place. It's amazing. Yeah. And they're so far ahead with, with, you know, so many different things. So what's the most challenging space that you've ever been in? I think the most challenging space for me was after COVID. I feel like before COVID, I had like a really good handle on being self-employed and being freelanced. And we were getting gaff shop off the ground and COVID literally stripped everything back. And I had to take a full-time job somewhere and really leave like my journalism behind. And then thankfully when COVID started to lift, I got back to it. But last year, just trying to get back into that and as a self-employed person, I mean, uh, yeah, my, I had to sell my furniture from my staging and stuff like that. And I've re- rechanged my business because of it. So yeah, it, it was really intense. Um, so most inspirational space for you? I think because I deal with quite heavy material every day when I'm talking about sustainability or talking about the problems that exist within like pollution or climate change. I think when it comes to inspiration, I want to go like so far from that world and like movies and TV, like in the evening, like myself and Mike are like TV film nuts. Like every night we'll watch at least one or two movies or a series. And I get so much inspiration from just using a completely different part of my brain. Like I finished Succession this week and everything about that show, like the score, the costumes, the writing, it actually fills me up. Like I feel like because I can leave so much of what I do day to day behind and go into a different world and get so much inspiration from that. My boyfriend says that. He's always like, sit down with TV time. <sighs> yeah, you have to, because it just takes you, it gets you out of the intensity of, because it is intense, what all of this, but in a positive way, but you do need to find the balance, you it know, is. and then you come back more creatively. I think you do. Yeah. And also I think when you actually leave that stuff behind and think of something else, you actually, it does kickstart that part of your brain because you're not focused on it. You're not trying to solve the problem. Yeah. It's just going on in the background. So yeah, in my living room, watching some great film or movie or TV series is happy. And then last but not least, what's the future space that you'd love to be in? I would love to buy my own home. I'm definitely... You will. I will. I will. You I will. will. Yes, I'm going to manifest it. Uh-huh. I'm definitely not there yet. And especially after the last couple of years. But I would just love to have my own space. I 
can see it. I definitely visualize it and I'm big into vision boards and all of that. Um, so that like is the future. I don't know when or how it will happen, but it would be amazing to have my own space and to be able to take that, I guess, that, you know, sustainability mindset. And like I said, apply it in a new way. Because when you're renting, you don't really have the opportunity yeah, exactly, to. exactly, in a core you know, way. Yeah, in a core way. Ways, so yeah. to be able to do that and maybe show people what can be done in a space, I think that would be amazing and maybe try and push the boundaries a little bit. So I might be calling you in a few years, hopefully. <laughs> Absolutely. I think there's a TV show in the making here. Yeah. Definitely. It'd Definitely. be amazing. Oh, I can't wait for you. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Oh, I no, really appreciate it. And I feel so inspired. And this is another like Al Gore moment. I'm like overwhelmed, <laughs> but I'll go back and process it. Oh, listen. And I'll no. get my badge and my, my Joe badge. You should be wearing you should be wearing the Al Gore badge, not the Joe badge. But honestly, <laughs> thank you so much for having me. It is such it's honestly so exciting that people want to have this conversation. And it's such an amazing platform. I think what you're doing is amazing. I've also, for anyone who's listening, read this book after the ideal home show. It's just so brilliant, so practical. It's literally you in a book. It's like you just condense yourself in so positive so full of inspiration the good parts. <laughs> all the good no only good parts and I so just, thank you so much oh thank you so much and I just realised that I was coming to meet you and I naturally wore green isn't that so funny I thought you I, planned that honestly no I actually got ready really fast because I was really I just got back from my sister's wedding and I was like oh my god you bring out the green in me it's you perfect it's perfect. perfect it's your colour <laughs> it's our colour well thank you so much for coming on and I hope to see you again and when you're um, building your house and just building and growing your business I'm so excited for you thanks so much again I hope you enjoyed our conversation with Jo Linehan about the spaces that have shaped her life and inspired her growth. If you want to learn more about Jo, be sure to check out her website at joelinehan.com, where she shares her tips and insights on everything sustainable living related. And if you want to keep up with the latest from Space to Grow, make sure to hit that subscribe button wherever you get your podcasts. And if you have a moment, we'd love it if you could leave us a rating or review to help more people discover the show. Finally, if you're looking for more inspiration and ideas on how to create spaces that support your growth and well-being, be sure to check out my website at theinteriorsnrd.com. There you'll find links to my social media and resources to help you transform your spaces and create the life you want. Thanks for tuning in and we'll see you next time on Space to Grow. Lots of light, Natasha.